0: It's Monday, March twenty fourth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Fool.com, Taylor Markerman, and from Molly Fool Supernova, Matt Argentzinger. Happy Monday, gents!
1: Hey. Great way to start the week. Yeah, great
0: we- <laughs> with a Monday.
1: Yeah, with the uh, Market Foolery on a Monday.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because we didn't have it last week. Because of the yeah,
1: snow. it's been two weeks. I got I've got I've been uh-huh. snowed out on my Monday Market Foolery. Which, by the way. Apparently, more snow is coming.
2: That's right. (laughs) If anyone who's doing Mark Fuller tomorrow (laughs) might have an issue. Get bailed
1: out.
0: Exactly. Uh, We're going to talk Herbalife, which is in the news. We've got some hot IPOs to get to. But let's start with the – I don't want to say the deal of the day because it's not set in stone, but it is the reported potential deal of the day. And that is the fact that the Wall Street Journal is reporting Apple is in talks with Comcast about a streaming TV service that would use an Apple set-top box – what do we think of this deal? My my first thought when I saw this, Matt, was, wait a minute, Comcast. <laughs> you haven't even gotten regulatory approval for the Time Warner deal. Right. And you're now talking to the largest... Company in the world about a potential partnership. So that
2: that was my first thought. But what was your first thought when you saw this? That it was that was kind of my first thought too. I was I was thinking Apple Apple must be betting might, must be betting a little bit that this Comcast Time Warner deal is going to go through. Even though I think you ask you know ninety percent of people who know things that doesn't include me uh, that this deal is not going to go through on a regulatory basis unless you know there's a, Comcast and Time Warner give up a lot of assets and they become you know less less. Competitive in certain markets. Yeah, I was just going to say on the face on the face of it, it does not go
0: through on None. its own. I think right. I think most yeah. people look at it and say, "Well, yes, if Time Warner and or Comcast are willing
2: to sell off part of their assets, then yes, maybe they get." But it. I but I just I don't I don't see how this deal makes sense for Apple in a lot of ways. I mean, you're it, it almost goes back to when you're coming when they were first coming out with the iPhone and they went with AT and T. You know that was okay they're going with you know not the best network, certainly not the most expansive network, but it was like here's here's our we're, we're getting a good subsidy we're getting a good deal with at t let's roll out the iphone let's let's make a market for this thing and eventually, of course, as expected, they got into verizon T mobile now it's they're on every network but this this deal it doesn't I, I just don't know what they gain from doing this you know it, you're essentially Comcast has their cable subscription fees they don't want to give any of that up they certainly don't want to give any of their uh, I would say user interface or you know customer relationships over to Apple because that probably hurts them in the long term. I mean Apple Apple to me would be a little bit dominant in this sense because you're get, you're going to get people used to a platform, used to software, used to a, you know visualizations that's coming from Apple, not Comcast. And so where where does Comcast play in here except for the for having the pipes? Uh, I that's where I'm confused about.
1: It seems like, yeah, they seem like it would be a better deal for Apple, Apple, but it seems to me like they're limping into the TV business. They had their own Apple TV, and maybe this is an extension of that, but, um, it, it seems like they're foregoing the opportunity to try and do it on their own, like a Netflix has, and uh, that's what worries me about this Apple deal um, from their point of view.
2: And then the whole, and then the, of course you got the the performance issues where it's, where Apple's saying, "Well, we'll you know our streaming, our digital stream would we'll get preferential, uh, you know, which which is is hurting Netflix in this case and hurting uh, a lot of existing players, but. You know that's that's just going against net neutrality, and you know I figure Apple's one of those companies that you'd think would just be no, no, no. We want you know sort we want the internet to be open and, and equal tailor for all because it helps our products, it helps our services to do this, and it makes it seem like well if, if I'm an Apple customer in the future, but I'm not also a Comcast customer, I don't have as much freedom and power as I used to have, and it makes me it makes me it makes me not think of, of great of Apple as a great brand anymore in that context. If you look at what Apple
0: did with the music business with iTunes. And the way that they completely upended the music industry. It worked for consumers because the average person could look at an album and say, I don't want to pay $12 for the whole album. I just want to pay $3 for these three songs, you know, that sort of thing. It worked for Apple. It worked for consumers. And they had obviously great success to the point where iTunes just continues to only get larger. I think they're trying to figure out the way to do that with television. But to your point, Maddie, I don't see how they make this deal work in a way that doesn't completely gut the upside for Comcast. Because as you said, Comcast has the pipes, Comcast is getting the subscriber fees.
2: If you're a Comcast shareholder and you're waking up and you're seeing this story, you got to be nervous. I agree. I agree 100% because because you got to remember that they 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 survive on all these affiliate fees they get from all these networks and things like that and if if all of a sudden the new Apple Comcast customers is an a la carte type customer and, and says you know I really only like these 20 channels and
1: I only like these particular movies it it doesn't it doesn't it hurts Comcast in the long term I think. I think it's going to be interesting because it's slightly different than Netflix so they're, they're talking about the cloud-based model to stream from so um I think it's you know an interesting thought but it's not the first hurdle this deal has to get through, like we mentioned right at the top of the show, so this is a long ways away from even coming through the pipeline in my mind because you're t- still talking about the largest merger in I think cable TV history maybe with Time Warner and Comcast getting access to like over thirty percent of the homes in the United States so um, it's great to talk about, but I think that it's investors in both companies have a long time to think about this and
2: i and I certainly wouldn't you know. Amazon's going to be part of this story too, for sure. So <laughs> you have to you know, imagine. Yeah, so it, you know what this could create is you could have a situation where all of a sudden it's you know Am- Apple teaming up with Comcast, Amazon teaming up with uh, you know Verizon or you know FiOS, and then uh, you know uh, Netflix doing something else. It's just I don't know. It's it's an interesting development for sure. Shares
0: of Herbalife are up around six percent this morning. The company announced that it will nominate three people designated by wait for it Carl Icahn. You don't to, say. To Herbalife's <laughs> board of directors, uh, this will—the vote will take place April 29th, which is when the annual shareholder meeting for Herbalife takes place. Icon Enterprise Holdings—they got about 17 percent of this company—and so, is that on that basis alone? Is that why Carl Icon is getting his handpicked people on this board, or is it the fact that Herbalife looks at Carl Icon? and at the other end of the spectrum they see bill ackman saying this is a pyramid scheme and i'm shorting them and by the way how's that working out right not very well today certainly but um where, where where is this saga right now this uh, the ongoing drama that is herbalife
2: right well so here's my my problem here i i don't understand what icon's game is here so icon is great for recognizing or in the past he's been great at recognizing a company that's underperforming that is not creating a lot of value for shareholders and he feels he can come in there with his guys shake things up you know maybe replace management or replace parts of management and get a company going on the right direction or at least in his direction with herbal herbalife i feel like it's he must look at it and say, "Well, Herbalife is not doing enough to combat the criticism, uh, you know, the Ackmans of the world, and the, the potential regulatory problems that are co- might be coming down." Um, so that must be the game, but it's 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 a little bit odd to me. I, I just feel like this this war of words between uh, Icon and Ackmans. It's it's almost like this it's a, it's a game of chess at this point, and it's just someone wants to try to be the master here, and they're using Herbalife as this you know this pawn in the game here and. But it doesn't I mean Herbal, I look at Herbalife and i don't see I don't see a cheap company I don't see an expensive company I don't see a company that has bereft of problems. it's this company that's been doing what it's been doing for you know many many years It's, an, it's a network marketing company. Carl um, Loken must think it's cheap, but I don't see how he's actually going to influence that
1: the value of the company that much by getting
2: more seats on the board
1: listening to the him and ackman go back and forth on cnbc several months back i think it's classic definitely a personal vendetta issue but <laughs> if you look at if you look at the way that it's going a lot of the the i guess big name investors are getting behind icon in this you look at soros is long herbal life i think einhorn is long herbal life and a couple of other big hedge funds and not really many of them are ever coming to bat for uh, ackman so i think that um, if there is a way to play this i think long is is obviously the clear winner from the hedge fund standpoint at this point.
0: Well, if you widen the lens a little bit, we also saw the story uh, today about how authorities in China levied a fine against New Skin mm. and the fine was something like $540,000, which <laughs> shares of New Skin are up
1: They're north of 30% I was going to say, they're up big this yeah, morning no kidding, and,
0: and, and, and I think at least mm. part of what we're seeing today with Herbalife yes, maybe part of it is the Ackman stuff, but I think people probably rightly so, are looking at what happened with NuSkin and saying, wait a minute, Herbalife is basically in the same group as NuSkin. And if the fine that's going to be levied against NuSkin is just, I mean, lo- what is less than slap on the wrist? I mean, it's, I mean right. it's just this tap on the wrist. If that's the danger for a company like Herbalife, then there's virtually no danger at all. And that bodes well for them in the future.
1: The, from a fine perspective, yeah, I think that it bodes well for them. But uh, the regulators in China did say that they are going to place increasing amounts of scrutiny on these direct-to-consumer businesses um, in light of this. So I think that um, if there is something going on with Herbalife or its competitors in China, they're likely to start shoring things up, uh, even though the fine was pretty small. I could see China, if, if somebody does just kind of bat an eye at this and continue uh, along in some illegal operations, I think China could then set the precedent for we're not going to take any more of this.
0: How do you think this drama between Ackman and Icon ends? Do you think the likeliest scenario is Ackman closes his short and says I've got better things to do with my money, or do you think that the animus between these two is such that he's like, no, I don't care how much money I lose? <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it, it it makes me think of, uh, you know, uh, Taylor mentioned Ike, um, Einhorn, you know, he he waged a battle um, against, was it Allied Capital? I think for going on 10 years, you know, he when he sort of recognized he thought Allied Capital was a, a failed business or committing fraud back in 2000. I feel like the battle went all the way to like 2008, 2009. And I, I feel I see that kind of playing out with it. I think Ackman is convinced. That this company is, you know, a house of cards, essentially, and he's going to do whatever whatever he can, including getting some of his favorite congressmen, the gentleman from Massachusetts, who we will not name, you know, to go after this company. I think that's so it's it's just it's going to be an interesting battleground for a long time, I think.
0: I have to believe that one percent of it for Ackman is he looks at himself in the mirror, he looks at Carl Icahn and just says, "I'm much younger than you." Yeah, I
1: think it's going to outlast <laughs> Icahn rather than the I, stock if itself.
0: I,
2: if I have to just keep well, going. I, so we you know, Taylor brought up the phone call between the phone conversation between Icahn and Ackman a few months ago. I, I think at one point in the interview in the Q and A, Ackman said, "Hey, look, Carl, I think you're a great investor." And Carl Butson and says, you know, Bill, I wish I could say the same about you. I just – I got to feel like that just eats at Ackman. You're, yeah. right. you're absolutely right, Chris. If you want
0: to geek out on some fun <laughs> investing television, that's on YouTube. Mm. Just uh, I think it was – what was it, last fall on CNBC? Yeah, and
1: there were several callbacks. Like they, they kept yeah, – what was on. it? Ackman was the one on –
0: Ackman uh, was on the set yeah. at CNBC and Carl Icahn was call the one phoning in. <laughs> right. Which if you're CNBC, that's just – Well,
1: and I think at one
2: point – I didn't watch the live version but I think Carl can kind of had some choice words that he used on air oh, 100%. and I think I feel like the the anchor who I can't I remember who it was but said you know Carl you're on you're live here we can't can't have those words <laughs> Carl stops the phone call and he's he talk having a he muttered conversation with I think his lawyer comes back on and says no I can use those words I'm fine <laughs> you know I mean it's just amazing
0: he's got his own personal he's, he's got his army <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, big week for IPOs this week. Grubhub, which is the largest online food delivery services provider in the U.S., is going to go public. Right now, the shares are priced between $20 and $22 a share. That would give Grubhub a valuation of 1.7 billion. Mm-hmm. And if you think that's crazy, King Digital Entertainment, which is the company behind Candy Crush, is going to go public at 21 to 24 dollars a share, giving it a valuation of over seven and a half billion dollars. That is the same size as Hasbro, which is a company that's been around. Oh my! Makes
1: actual games. Makes
0: <laughs> actual games. Monopoly, My mm-hmm. Little Pony has all these different franchises, all these different Joe. hits. Yeah, it's been around for almost a hundred years. I said this to Anne earlier today. For people who are saying this market is crazy and overvalued, guess what? You just got some new ammunition. Oh, right. Because the King Digital Entertainment IPO, I mean, is there anyone in this room among the three of us who thinks it won't go north of $24 a share?
2: You're right. The way things are going. It, it, it could pop. It could pop 80 a 100% in, in, in its opening day. I mean, it, it. I remember Zynga going, You know, what was it, a, two year, a year ago? Two years ago? Time's uh,
1: 2011, it IPO'd, yeah. Oh,
2: wow. Wow, that long ago. Well, yeah. Zynga, when Zynga was coming public, at some point it hit well over $15 billion, I think. it's. I don't know what it is today. but
1: It's a third of its – I looked it up. It's a third of its 2012 peak.
2: Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, but, so, over, but it came but, back to earth. Okay, but but, but that's, still, right. that's yeah. still about $5 billion. Yeah, yeah. Overall, though, I think this just – there was a company last week, Castlight Health, that came public, and it's it's a cloud, you know, cloud software healthcare company. There you go. Two big trends, right? <laughs> IPOs. It, it on its opening day it was up something like 130 percent. It hit a valuation of almost four billion last week. It did 13 million in revenue all of last year. It hit a four billion dollar valuation. So I just think with the overall IPO market the way it is today, it, it is it is hot. I mean, it's hotter than hot. I mean, I, I don't. I wasn't really paying attention much in the late '90s, but it fe- I get that feeling from talking to a lot of investors who were, and it just it, you're getting that sense now. And I, I'm especially with something like Candy Crush, a single game, you know, a single, a very popular game, mobile game, worth that much. I mean, that, that's that's half the value of Activision Blizzard, right? You know, the biggest video game company in the in the <laughs> in the, the world, which has tre- tremendous franchises. You know, it's it's remarkable.
0: I was just gonna say, I was around in the late '90s. I vividly remember the dot com explosion, and back then. The joke was, oh, all business going public has to do is say we have a website, <laughs> we've you know we've got a .dot com and then it just added to their valuation. And it sounds like today, cloud is the new .dot com. Yeah, cloud. We That's, have. Uh, yeah. th- this is our business, but by the way, we're cloud based. Exactly.
2: Boom. Or we, we, I'm have, we have millions of users, which essentially means we have millions of people visiting our site and maybe clicking here and there. I mean, it's that it's it's a little scary.
1: That's what uh, Candy Crush: ninety three million daily users apparently is worth $7.6 billion. Hmm.
0: Backing out of the insanity that is King Digital Entertainment, (laughs) uh, Taylor, I'll just put it to you when it comes to energy companies because as a general rule of thumb, we avoid IPOs. We like to wait see how a company does with one or two quarters under their belt. Is that how you view energy companies going public? And I, I realize just in 2014 so far, We've had somewhere around 46 to 50 IPOs. More than half of them have been in the sort of healthcare biotech yeah. sector. But when you look at energy companies, is that, your, is that the kind of leash you're giving them? Like, well, yes, I'm interested in this company, but I want to see how they do three, six months as a public company before I jump in.
1: Well, if it was a, if it was a private company or a spinoff going into IPO, I think you could feel safe jumping in if because you, you have a longer track record. But um, there haven't been too many brand new IPOs in the energy space, unless you look at some solar companies um, and and then some battery technology. But um, yeah, I'm definitely giving a new company uh, a few quarters to kind of prove itself and give me some uh, some vetted financial statements to take a look at. I am definitely not buying into this Candy Crush IPO. I can guarantee you that.
2: Well, yeah. It, one thing that David Gardner has said to me and the Rule Breakers team for a long time is, you know, we, we invest in a lot of IPOs, uh, recent IPOs in Rule Breakers, but what he likes to see is an IPO, a company that outperforms the market um, from its closing day, opening day price uh, for at least six months. So you know, a company that uh, you know, goes, you know, goes public, rises 50%, in a single day, we take the closing price of that day, as high as it might be, and we see where it is in six months. And if it, it, from that point on it's beating the market, that's usually a good indication that the company came public for the right reasons. It's got a sound model, and it's you know it's 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 creating more market value than it has just on this IPO hype. So, just one additional thing you can add to your tool chest.
0: That's a great point because if you look at just basic financial coverage, I'm not pointing out anyone in particular, but just basic financial coverage when reporting on recent IPOs. Typically, the phrase you will see is, the company came public at blank per share. And it's like, "Uh, yeah, that's not what it closed at that open. Yeah, that's just a
1: guess at what investors are going to be enticed by. Exactly.
0: All right. Or an
1: educated guess, I guess. A lot of work goes into those guesses, but uh, they provide a range for a reason.
0: Well, and we've talked about this before. To be fair to the company, to be fair to King Digital, having
1: just kind of thrown them under the bus at, uh, for the <laughs> last few them. minutes.
0: Crushed them. Crushed them, no pun intended.
1: Um, yeah, you can't say candy because that's under uh, copyright in England now. So uh, What is? The word candy on clothing and things like that. King Digital uh, got that copyright. Oh, candy? Wow. The, yeah, word the word candy? The word is- candy on clothing or oh, on wow. games or on anything like that. Anything commercialized. And, yeah. Ann
2: is shaking her head through
1: the glass. Uh, <laughs> They're I can trying tell. to do it here in the States, but I don't think it's going to go through.
0: That seems different than the NFL slapping the trademark on the phrase Super Bowl, which around the Super Bowl, you have all these advertisements for the big game yeah, the big because game, they can't yeah. use Super Bowl. But, mm. uh, but no, to be fair to King Digital and Grubhub and, and all these companies that go public, yeah, you want to price your IPO correctly because you don't want to see that it doubles on opening day because that means oh, yeah. you got bad advice from your investment banks and you left money on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. For Taylor Muckerman and Matt Argesinger, guys, thanks for being here. Thank thanks, you. Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That does it for this edition of Market Foolery. This show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.